Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. All right, so today I have an extra special guest joining me um, who is my cousin, who's also called Jenna. And um, I think if you have been listening to the podcast for a while, we did one, is it four years ago now? I think so. We did a podcast episode four years ago on my old podcast. Um, and I mean, it was still one of the episodes that people still message me about raving about all these years later. So I don't know why we left it this long, but I'm just happy we're here today. <laughs> I'm very happy to be with you here today. And I'm excited to share more about the subconscious. Yes. Okay. So for people who don't know anything about, you know, subconscious transformation and what you specialize in, can you just give people the little lowdown? Yeah. So subconscious transformation really works on the 95% of your mind. So the part of you that governs your actions, your behaviors, your emotions, basically what is running the show. And the beauty of subconscious transformation is that time is really irrelevant in terms of how long it takes to create a transformation because you're using the part of your mind that controls 95%. So instead of trying to get your conscious mind to support you or to achieve your goals, that's great, but it's going to take a longer time to actualize change in your reality. Um, so by accessing the subconscious mind, you're able to make these quantum leaps and transform in a very short period of time. What's amazing about that is already this, like the power of changing from the deepest layer of yourself is already, it's making me think like you can start a diet or start a morning routine, but you're kind of, you're trying to change it at the level of the symptom rather than the level of the cause. Um, and I mean, you've seen so many examples now that it's kind of, the amount of evidence you have just based on your practice and, and your clientele of how quick things can really happen is really, I think it's really reassuring because, you know, we are all are ready for change now. Everyone's been through such a, you know, challenging, um, you know, few years, but also in the last couple of months, especially. And I just think it's sometimes really hard to be like, why didn't I do this sooner? Or why am I only changing now? And actually what you're saying about time doesn't really matter because you can change tomorrow just means that you you come to it when you're when you're ready to come to it right absolutely and i think you know a lot of people might feel discouraged especially if they are trying to change something in their life whether that's a habit or a behavior or just even a mentality right mm -hmm. but when you access the subconscious it's almost like your system is ready for a huge upgrade so to mm. speak in a very short period of time so it's not to say that all the work that you've done thus far was for nothing. It mm -hmm. really has led you to this point of where you are now to really dive in and get to the root of what's perpetuating your situation. And so it's not actually sometimes that you don't um, get, you're not, not succeeding in it because you don't have enough willpower. There's, there's sometimes, a lot of the time, right? There's beliefs there are um, memories, there are things that govern um, the way that you show up and act. And you kind of have to allow that subconscious to um, almost welcome in a new thing in order for your system to be ready and willing to do it. It's, did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. And something to note about the subconscious is that it's always trying to keep you safe. So it has these systems in place in what it understands as this is what's going to keep you safe. So anytime you're trying to change or go outside that zone, 
Mm. either it backfires or you take two steps forward, but then you feel like you've gone five steps back. But what's happening is that your subconscious is just trying to recalibrate to a new level, a new system, a new identity. And so that's something to keep in mind when you're changing, because the fact is, is that we can change in an instant. I've seen change happen overnight, quite literally. And it's not dependent on a specific type of person or who they are or where they are, but it's just this willingness to really jump into the identity that they want to be in um, and claim that as who they are. And so when you do that on a subconscious level rather than on a conscious level, that's really when those changes and those leaps um, take place. So, and I've never asked you this before, but it makes me wonder then if a lot of the time, if we have like a block or we're feeling stuck in some area of life or whatever, like we can try with our awake conscious mind to, we think we know what the cause of it is, but like, is it ever something completely different that like you just can't anticipate unless you're accessing the subconscious? Yeah. Most of the time. Yes. Because think about it. If you were aware of what was blocking you, you would have fixed it already. Wow. You would have already created the change. But the thing is, is that when things are buried subconsciously, mm. it's you, there's like a discovery process that needs to happen, right? And mm. so as much as you try to change yourself, it is also helpful to work with someone who is versed in that because they're able to almost enter these doorways or these access points of where that juice really is mm. um, and help you change that or remove that or transform it so that it is no longer running your reality show so that it's no longer perpetuating the same situation or condition that you're experiencing. And so even though we do it through such different um, ways, you know, deconditioning is such a big part of both of our work. So can you explain to a person that doesn't or semi understands what the subconscious is like, what is it and how does it get formed and what goes in it? Yeah. So the subconscious starts forming actually in the second trimester. And there's a lot of scientific evidence, um, mainly by Dr. Bruce Lipton. And he discovered that in the second trimester, the subconscious mind begins to form. So what does that mean? It means that everything that's happening outside of the womb is being absorbed and picked up by the fetus. And then that continues to be programmed up until the age about seven or eight. Um, there's different scientific evidence on really when the subconscious stops forming, but generally speaking, um, it's around seven, eight years old. And this is because in that stage between zero and seven, we are in um, a state that is a theta state. So we're absorbing everything. We're absorbing reality around us. We don't have any understanding of what is good, what is bad. It, we're just a sponge. So we tend to pick up an understanding of reality through our environment, right? So that's mm -hmm. why it's like when we're trying to reprogram our mind, a lot of it stems from what happened in childhood, right? And mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that if you had a difficult childhood, you're going to perpetuate that. Some people have difficult childhoods and they come out on top even more mm -hmm. so than people who had stable childhoods, so to speak. So that's a really important thing to understand because you can't really then get mad at yourself for being who you are in the way that you are, because it happened, this formation happened when you were so young, your identity of who you are happened before you even had an idea of it happening. Right. Yeah. So it's really important to, to understand that because you shouldn't get discouraged because of where you are now. There's usually just a program there or like a faulty setting. I like to say in mm. your subconscious, that's running the show, but we each, have the capacity to change anything in our lives. And I've seen it through my own transformation and thousands of people that I worked with, you know, it's, it's just a willingness to be able to change, to be able to have the awareness and identify what is happening and then really what you want to experience instead. Yeah. And I love that you say that because then there really is no shame. Um, no. If, if you are picking it up in theta, it's you're taking everything so literally, right? You don't have um, any kind of codes that you formed yet. When you become an adult, you're, you're, you're badly equipped for, for taking in what you're taking in essentially. And I also think that um, what's amazing is that you can also have the most amazing childhood 
and misinterpret one thing that a parent or a teacher said to you one time and still have it affect you. So it's not necessarily always coming from trauma with a capital T. It's sometimes just, oh, you know, um, little girls don't get hurt. And that's not even something that's said to you. It's just that something you witnessed and interpreted it that way. And so that's why there's layers and layers and layers to what could be sitting back there. Absolutely. And that's a great point to make because the the evidence that we've picked up in childhood then becomes our filter of perception. And filters of perception essentially dictate the reality spectrum in which we see, right? Mm -hmm. So if you understand that everything was programmed into your brain, but without a set of understanding of what it meant. And then after the age of seven, you start to understand, okay, this is who I am. This is how the world works. This is what this means. This is what that means. And that creates our understanding of reality. Now, for most people, we take that filter and there's a lot of limitation on it, right? We're capped at, this is what I'm capable of, or I've heard that this is what other people do and I can't do this. And so then that's where those beliefs start to fester and grow about who you are and your potential in this lifetime, right? And so that can manifest then later down the line of, oh, I really want to try to do this, but I'm scared or I'm afraid, or, you know, we hear a lot of, I'm not good enough, but that that's just an effect. What was the cause that created that perception? Mm -hmm. What is actually creating that filter? And with subconscious work, you're really able to get down to the root of what is perpetuating that so that you don't feel these limitations in your, in your being. And it could be something as simple as picking up the energy of a parent that didn't feel good enough. It doesn't even ever have to necessarily be directly, um, you know, done to you. You're just, yes. like you said, you're picking up your idea of reality based on what you're feeling and what you're, you know, your the energy that you're reading. And then like you're saying is what happens is you perpetuate it. So you almost find that in your current reality, even if someone else wouldn't be, you know, interpreting the same situation the same way. If you have a filter that you're all what people always, you know, do one over you or, you know, screw you over, then you're going to be almost, well, I actually want to know your thoughts. Like, are you picking that up where there's sometimes no evidence for it, where that's actually not what happened in reality? And also are you, creating that? Yeah, I would say it's both. I feel like we start to become aware of things that we are perpetuating that are limiting to us when we create it in our reality. So like, how do we know that this is a limitation unless it continues to come up again and again and again, Mm. and whether that's a limitation in a relationship or within your career or money or whatever it is, we start to collect evidence and we start to use our perception to focus in and see it as truth. But it's Mm. not necessarily truth. It's just a frequency of reality. Mm. And we all have the capacity to change the frequency, to change almost like a radio station, what we're listening to and what we're perceiving. So I would say it's it's a mix of both. But definitely, I think through conscious awareness, we understand uh, this doesn't feel so good. I want to change it. And I keep, Mm. you know, dating the same guys, you know, it's the same guy, but a different a different person. Um, But essentially, those patterns are what brings our awareness to what is really lying and lurking within our Mm. subconscious. So the good thing to first ask yourself is what's the what's the recurring uh, pattern or story or thought that comes up or, you know, what is a thought that you think every day that kind of weighs you down and makes you feel bad? Or do you have anxiety? I mean, there's really nothing that the subconscious can't address, basically, right? Because it's all in your it's all in the mind. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm a big believer that the mind creates the body, the mind creates reality, because think about it, if you have something that is bothering you, and you are able to change the way you're thinking about it, does it have the same definition? Are you experiencing it the same way? Not really, because you're looking at it differently. When you look at things differently, they are different. Yeah, whether or not the circumstances have changed, you have created a different experience in relation to that thing. Mm. And that's even before actually a thing doesn't, it stops existing because it doesn't need to anymore. And because you're not putting out that um, frequency that it can resonate with. And you've done, I mean, so many like physical healings that, you know, for you to say, I believe that it's, um, it creates a body like you kind of know that it does like you, you've had story after story of literally changing people's health. 
um, starting with yourself. Yes. Yeah. I I've had a lot of evidence shown to me and still I'm like, is it, is it, you know, it's good to keep a little bit of a, a question mark there because it, first of all, it keeps you humble and also it keeps mm. you open. So you don't think that this is the only way. And this only is how thing. We, yes. Mm. Yes. And it's also, you know, how people approach their own transformation, right? So usually people come see me when they've tried everything. Um, and I, and I don't say that lightly because, you know, when you're taking a lot of physical action, especially in relation to health and you are negating that subconscious component, it's almost like working against what is already hardwired. So how could you imagine literally pushing like a 10 ton rock up a mountain with just your physical action? It's impossible, right? But if you're able to change the perceptions of, you know, how your how your body is governed and how your body works and getting to the root of what even created, you know, this physical imbalance, you know, usually physical imbalances have connections to either a very stressful event. Um, it could be a one-time event or a chronic stressful period in your life. And that can be from childhood or even years, a few, a few years before, before it happened. So it really, it's really necessary to work on that subconscious component because I've seen for myself that the mind does create the body. And Dr. Bruce Lipton, as I mentioned before, has done a lot of great work to show that, you know, it is our environment, it is our perception that creates our genetic disposition. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of amazing because when you realize that actually, then it means that your body is not necessarily against you. The body is just doing what the subconscious is asking it to do to keep you safe. So even if mm -hmm. the syndromes or the symptoms are uncomfortable, there's actually like quite a beautiful, innocent reason why the body is actually is always kind of on your side. You just need to change what the side you what what you want the side to say. Yes, absolutely. And I would just like to mention, you know, sometimes it's not this big thing. It could just be mm -hmm. like a childhood fear. So I dealt um, severely with endometriosis, PCOS, anxiety, depression for over a decade, and I would say anxiety since I was four. Um, and really, what. I discovered through, you know, the subconscious work I was doing is that, you know, I really just wanted to be seen by my parents and perceived a, a need to be loved by them, even though they loved me and they were doing everything, but I had this separation anxiety from them. So anytime I was away from them, my body would physically become ill. And so it was like, if I was ill, then I'd get one of them to stay home with me or, you know, they'd be, they'd be with me at the doctors, but they wouldn't be with me at school. So it's just understanding how these wires can get crossed. And when you're able to undo them, the body can go back into, you know, a more relaxed state, your nervous system can relax. And then that's how the body can really start to, to heal and recalibrate into a healthy baseline. So that's just one, you know, one thing I wanted to note, because, you know, it's very interesting. There's so many things that could be related to what you're experiencing. Yeah. But, you know, if we really look at, you know, what could be driving this? Like, what am I gaining from this? Mm -hmm. Even though you might think, okay, I'm very sick, or I have this discomfort, um, and there wouldn't be anything I'm gaining from it. But you know, if you're able to just rest your ego a little bit and just do a little bit of digging, there's usually a part of something that we're benefiting from by keeping the situation as it is, even though it's also equally painful and mm. uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like we're getting, we're still, the subconscious is still getting a game that is bigger than, yes. than the physical thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I think also what's cool is that, um, you know, a lot of the time, it's easier for us to understand life as this like obvious framework. Like if you have anxiety, it's always caused by this. But yes. what's amazing about the subconscious is like about you're saying about the wires getting crossed. Like what the way we're wired is so different to the way that someone else is wired. So like indigestion for someone is not the same cause as indigestion for somebody else. It's all about the way that we've constructed and scaffolded our insides. Yes. Um, and so that's why it does really help sometimes to not necessarily look for the you know x causes y thing but to work with someone or try to understand your own um wiring and, and really customize this these tools for your own you know self-understanding 
Absolutely. And, you know, that's where human design comes into my work, you know, being with you for so many years and, you know, hearing your take on it and your approach, I've really understood it to be, you know, this is an optimal way that we can function. So recently I worked with a one, three, uh, sacral generator and she had very bad issues with her gut. Um, she was from December 31st of last year, she started throwing up and had uncontrollable vomiting for a good nine months. Then she came to me and I was asking her, you know, what was going on in your life? What was stressing you out? And she was like, well, I had my exams. Um, I was living with a roommate that was just a very toxic situation. I was not using my boundaries. I was not speaking up. And it's so fascinating because as soon as we were able to neutralize those stress responses, she stopped throwing up for the first time ever. And then as we continued, her nausea stopped. And then as we continued, she's like, I feel like I'm on the other side of this. And it's just fascinating that even though she was experiencing it for such a long agonizing period of time. Can you imagine mm. throwing up every day? Like yeah. I used to throw up all the time with all the chronic illnesses I had. So I can sympathize with that, but then to be able to see how the mind and the stress responses it's having when it's thinking about things that actually created the sickness and how that neutralizes um, just by simply changing the perceptions of what was happening around those situations that really, you know, doctors would say have nothing to do with the actual, you know, illness that she's going through. But that's why this mind body connection is so important. And I think really, you know, moving forward, people need to start making those connections, because it's not just in a vacuum of just the physical body, there's always something emotionally charged or energetically charged, or even ancestrally charged, that is perpetuating your current physicality. Talk about the ancestrally charged thing, because that's something that you're saying and I'm like yeah yeah but actually yeah. Like, explain how that works like I think that's really a key piece as well yeah so when you think about um eggs in a womb like my grandmother or your grandmother had her child's eggs so our mother and then she our mother also had our eggs so we're always like charged with the cellular information and the cellular imprints of those who came before us. So you could be in an experience or in a situation where this could be charged cellular memory from generations ago, and that could activate a response um, of either illness or you know mental instability or whatever it is. But it's to know that that information is never just that information never goes away. Mm. So it can always be activated. That's the best way mm. I can describe it. It's And so when I talk about ancestral transformation or ancestral blocks, it really comes down to, okay, well, are there things that I'm perpetuating in my experience that maybe my grandmother went through or my great-grandmother went through? Mm. And by looking at that lineage and that understanding, you're really able to have another angle of transformation and also more information. Mm. Is this what's perpetuating my situation? Um, again, with my endometriosis, I have a whole lineage on my mom's side where the women were not respected. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. And look at look at women today. Like I, I think it's like one in four have some sort of reproductive issue. I mean, mm -hmm. this is a lot of emotional trauma. Um, and I don't think our ancestors really had the tools to deal with it. Like we're dealing with it today. Mm. And so I definitely see that, that connection taking place where it, it didn't just start with us. It started generations before us and it's up to us to really break those generational, um, patterns. And what you're saying about, um, you know, the fact that it kind of ties itself down and that it can be activated is a good definition because, it can be activated by something that like may, maybe, for example, endometriosis, if your grandma had it, for example, there would be a different cause to why she would have activated it. And then it just becomes kind of like it can become your default 
thing that you go into when you're under stress, right? Like everybody has yes. different Achilles heels that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so it's important to understand like, okay, you know, do our family always have knee issues and, but then there's different causes or maybe there's the same cause or there's also DNA. There's also being around family where we get reconditioned, you know, according to the stuff that they haven't, they haven't changed. So it's like so many layers, like cellular DNA, family conditioning, family culture, um society <laughs> yeah exactly um but i think the infertility thing um you know you have a lot of experience with that because of your own you basically people told you you were going to be infertile isn't that isn't that what happened yeah i was 20 years old and i was you know with the best doctors in new york city and you know i'm really grateful for their support and also their ignorance because that's what allowed me to get on the path that i'm on now and mm. you know i think you know, doctors at that stage are kind of single-minded or that's the way they've been conditioned in medical school. Like it's just medication. There really isn't another way to look around it. And I don't fault Mm. them for that because it, when I understand everything is a program, it's like, of course they think like that. Of course they think this is the best thing because that's all they know. And they haven't really looked and seen, okay, well, could this be transformed in another way? So yeah, I was 20 years old. I was every period I was in the hospital throwing up very, very uncomfortable time in my life. And um, I was told that either I would have to stay on medication forever, or I would have to get my uterus taken out. And at 20 years old, I was like, this, this can't be, there has to be another way. And that's really when I started going down this whole rabbit hole of subconscious healing and understanding, you know, how we can actually control our physicality through our mind by understanding stress responses, by understanding beliefs, by understanding programming that is like anchored in the depths of our subconscious that is really writing the show. So yeah, I was able to completely transform all of my conditions. My periods have never been lighter, never been healthier. And I've been medication-free for for almost a decade now. So yeah, it's been really amazing. And then what's great is that I never thought that I would be able to help other women, um, you know, with their own fertility, even through some of my distant work, what is called the upgrades, it's distant healing. So people just set intentions. And and I used to do some health upgrades, I think a year or two ago, I do them about once a year. And I've had women, you know, have really successful conceptions and pregnancies and healthy babies. And even in my one-on-one work, lots of women failed rounds of IVF, miscarriages. And then, you know, after a few sessions, it's like, they're pregnant and they're giving birth to to beautiful babies. So it's, it just shows me that everyone has the capacity to change. I don't believe I'm the one that's eliciting this change. I just believe that I have tools to support people. It's like when you're in school, it's like the professor doesn't know everything, but it has things to help stretch your mind and stretch your understanding of what you're learning um, so that you can make your own conclusions. And I feel like, you know, with another person, you're kind of marrying that it's seeing their own mm. belief systems and their their own mirror of reality and just helping them get to where they want to go, where they see it not only as a possibility, but as a co-creation in their reality. Yeah. Cause then it, they really feel like they are connected to that power of changing their lives rather than kind of still handing it in that cycle of being a victim and handing it over to somebody else, which is obviously yeah. not the direction. And it's actually, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible mm-hmm. to actually hand over someone subconscious to me. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. There, you know, everyone has free will. Um, you know, I went through that experience recently with my uncle where, you know, doing work on on someone, but also communicating with their higher self. So it's not even that they physically have to be present, but there's always free will involved. There always is this co-creation by the other person. And, you know, having the tools is one thing, but people have to, you know, step in the direction that they want to go in. They have to be willing to let go of the identities. And I think why my work works so well is because I leave that open. You know, it's not like we're trying to push or force or, you know, I'm going to get you this result. It's just like, okay, let's just take it step by step and just see how we can put the puzzle together because there is a way to put the puzzle together. Um, And there's a gentle curiosity to it. Yeah. Yeah. You're really gentle with it. You're really curious or really open. And, um, Yeah, I do want people to know about the distance stuff because yeah. obviously, you know, you think that you would just need a, a session with you directly, but yeah, you know, talk about your upgrades because they are, that's like, I mean, that's, 
you know, we're fully living in in like the Jetsons with this kind of stuff, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. So my upgrades is a process or a modality that I would say that I created about five years ago. And it works within your subconscious mind, your energetic field. And what happens is that I pick a theme of what we're going to upgrade. And the reason why I call it an upgrade is it it really is an upgrade in your consciousness because when you upgrade your consciousness, that's when your perceptions change. That's when your behaviors change. Um, really, that's when your life can change, right? When you upgrade the way that you're seeing things, things change. So all people have to do is sign up. They set an intention. And then on the day of the upgrade, I basically go into meditation and I send energy to the group based on their individual intention. So there's no call. There's, um, there's no, there's nothing like you. It's simply the easiest way that I can provide transformation to a large group of people. And I found that there is power in numbers, right? So, you know, even though one-on-one work is extremely powerful, um, the group work, I would say, is just as powerful because you're coming together with a group intention of transformation. And through my ability and, you know, studying different modalities since I was eight years old, I've really been able to create a process that provides transformation in the simplest way possible. And that's really what I love to do. And so, you know, people then start to change almost immediately, like within their own consciousness, they sleep better, they manifest different things. Um, I've had crazy experiences with health stuff, like eczema disappearing overnight, um, conception, just wild, wild things. And I never go into it knowing that, you know, we're going to make all these things happen, but almost being like this childlike awe of like, let's see what can happen. And just holding that space of unlimited possibility because I've seen it within myself. So being able to hold that when people can't necessarily see it themselves, I think is really where the transformation comes in. And what's so cool about, you know, just tying it back into human design is that, you know, you really, firstly, before we get into that, what you're essentially doing is you're, because everything and everyone is connected. And because our thoughts are, everything has a frequency, everything is accessible, you're working through the quantum field to, with that person's permission, go into their subconscious and their higher, yes. get their higher self's permission to mm-hmm. work with it and then just send a different kind of, introduce a different kind of frequency, consciousness, um, energy of change, whatever you want to call it. Did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, got a little bit woo-woo there. I, didn't, I don't know how woo-woo you're. Yeah. <laughs> no, listen, we can go deep look, in. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. It's like, yeah. you know, you are very much co-creating in the process. So while on this 3D plane, it might look like I'm the one doing something, but really your higher self is showing up to this party. Because when I go into that, I see everyone in their light body. It's not that I'm just like throwing energy out and hoping it sticks somewhere. It's like, I'm really connected on an energetic level. And we know we're all connected. There's there's a collective consciousness, right? So it's just tapping into that field, that collective consciousness field and transforming the perceptions, transforming what they're observing. Because Mm. as we know, you know, with quantum physics, the observer effect, it's like what we choose to see and how we see it is what appears. Yeah. So by changing the way we're actually looking at things and helping people change the way they're looking at things. That's when those transformations and manifestations start to take place because they're no longer held in that limited consciousness. It's an expanded consciousness and only they can get themselves there. Right. So I always have, you know, supportive actions and, you know, Mm -hmm. meditations and things that if people need that, right. Because sometimes it's a bit of a stretch sometimes to think, Oh, what do you mean? You send me energy distantly and I'm just going to change, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're open and curious about transformation happening in an easier way, I think this is the future. This is where we can start making these changes. And for the Mm -hmm. longest time, I was like, how can I help more people? Or how can I, you know, work with a bigger group of people? But I'm not a huge fan of jumping on calls and doing these, you know, transformations. And I was just like, okay, well, what's the higher level of that? How can we actually access more of our consciousness in a different way, in a new way, very manifesting generator Mm -hmm. (laughs) style. And that's what brings me to my next question, my next point, because, you know, 
I love when I see people in their alignment and can kind of work backwards to why how it makes sense for them because it's so that's how you know it's aligned and like before you started doing groups you were already sending people quantum energy one-on-one okay yes since you were eight years old you've what you do now is is your own thing which has come from you getting certified in Reiki at how old were you at eight, at eight or nine eight or nine exactly and since then you just added more and more and more things that felt right to you Mm -hmm. to get you to this level of mastery but also in your human design you are a manifesting generator you're supposed to combine loads of different things you're supposed to learn each one of those things quickly and specifically to you as well um you're a five two so that's like very save the day energy that's very ability to kind of you know universalize something from the five line but also it's in your design chart and I don't love this word holding space because it's gotten so um, convoluted (laughs) and hard to understand what it actually is but Mm -hmm. you have the ability to hold other people's energies for them right so Mm. you know it makes total sense to me that if anyone was gonna you know hold that ability for hundreds of people's higher self to connect in and to heal with them like you know these things sound like magical abilities but they're hidden in just the very banal description of who you are and all you've done is just take it to the level where it's now expressing itself as what we now call extraordinary but hopefully is going to become the norm when everyone lives in their highest alignment I I definitely believe that and you know I would never have thought that where I am today is where I would be you know Mm. and I think it's just about following those cues you know um even back when I was at university, I studied physics and then I also studied spirituality and like world religions. And, you know, people were like, well, those two things make no sense. And I'm like, looking at my life now, it's <laughs> like spirituality and, and physics, you know, in, in a, in a very just kind of straight way. So it's, it's mm. interesting how those things all came together. And I think, you know, following your passions, especially as a manifesting generator as well, like mm-hmm. don't judge it, you know, mm-hmm. and you never know where it can take you. And yeah. for me, after knowing that, I'm just like, okay, well, what am I excited about? And what do I want to do next? Because I know that that's just going to make me, you know, be better at who I am and, you know, create new systems or new ways of doing things. And, you know, how will I know unless I take that chance to to follow that? exactly and you're honestly firstly I think it's so cool that you continue to surprise yourself with your own abilities (laughs) and that's almost how it should be because it's like you're not needing to know now how high you can take this because we have another hundred and something years on this planet right so it's like why would we want to know now and you're really someone who lives in the like loving of being surprised by the next level (laughs) and regularly you'll be like is this my thing forever and then (laughs) something else will happen and you'll be like no it's this and it's so much of it just comes from like dipping your toe into stuff and just seeing where it takes you. A hundred percent. And, you know, it's funny when you have created so much transformation in a short period of time with other people, we were voice noting about this, like, I think a few weeks ago, like, have we peaked? What's happening? What can, yeah. and then just another thing comes down. We're like, how <laughs> could it get crazier? Like, how could it just get even more magical? And so I think, yeah, having that, that childlike mind of what could happen. Um, Mm. but, but holding that in a light of, of positivity and excitement and just knowing that change can happen in so many different ways. And there are so many humans to experiment on, you know, when you think about it, it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we've created transformations, you know, with fertility, with, um, careers, with just manifesting so many different things, but it's like, there's so many other humans out there that want to create other things in their lives. And I can't wait to support that because it just shows you that, you know, we can create anything. And for me, using the tools that I've had is really kind of the path right now that's showing me this is the easiest way to get there. But who knows, maybe 20 years from now, I'll be sitting here and there'll be another way, you know? Totally. Exactly. And, and it's like, we can't know it before the world or the technology or the whatever you know, then there's always something else that's going to appear at the perfect time that it also helps us in our in our individual journey. You know, the collective and, and us, we're kind of on this perfect timeline together. So there's something really reassuring about that because I think we do come here as souls liking the unknown, liking that we don't know how it's all going to unfold. Um, but also when you realize that you can prime your subconscious to 
meet the moment in the best way that does give you a sense of more safety with the unknown, right? Like how many people have you worked with where it's just fear of the unknown that stands in the way? I feel like everything is fear of the unknown, fear of the unknown of the transformation that you could create for yourself, fear of your identity changing. I feel like, you know, each moment is unknown. It's just, we don't really see it as that. So I think being able to understand that you only have this moment now to decide how you want to look at reality and then just taking it step by step really then creates this whole tapestry of your life where you're looking back at it and you're like, wow, how did I do that? Because it's not trying to just tackle something massive and and think that that's going to, you know, change your reality and give you security forever because it's not. You know, I've worked with really wealthy people have money problems. I've looked at people who have been very healthy and then are ill. It's like, you know, the, these things don't necessarily add up to our conscious mind, but there's always some sort of uncertainty that is is lurking um, within us. And I think that that is really what pushes us forward in terms of our own evolution of like, you know, we don't really know. So we got to just try and we got to put things together and see see how they turn out and Mm. um, just trust that the way that we are being called to go about that is, is exactly our path. You know, some people might not resonate with the work I do, or it might be too Mm. far out or other people might be like, Oh my God, this is exactly what I've been looking for. But you know, it's just about what you're comfortable with at your level of consciousness. Your consciousness is not good or bad or less than, or more than, than another. And I think it's just your path is what you have to focus on and not the noise of what everyone else is doing to get to their end result. Because if I listen to all the noise of what I should do, only study one thing, you know, only, you know, go down this path, you know, I would never be where I am today. And sometimes you just have to say, fuck it, I'm going to do my own thing. And yeah, because that's what's calling me. And ultimately, I'm the one that goes to bed with myself every night. And I need to make sure that at the end of each day, I feel like I gave my my energy to the best of my ability into the life that I want to create Mm. and ultimately I think if there's one one you know starting piece is just that you have this one amazing life and you get to make it your own as much as you decide and so anything else other than what sets your soul on fire is just such a waste of and it's always going to lead to more unfulfillment. So it's like yeah. you taking a chance, what it was, five, six years ago on, on doing this full time? Yeah, my like, work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, like that wasn't a safe zone. And we talked even no. less about the subconscious six years ago, even then. I mean, it's only trickling in now. Yeah. So there's always a risk there. Um, and mm-hmm. so having the fact that there is risk doesn't mean that you're getting it wrong. It doesn't mean that you're going <laughs> to fail. It just means that actually you're probably on the right you're probably stretching yourself beyond the, you know, the the conditioning, this collective conditioning. But to have your subconscious support you is really, really powerful. I want to ask you, I want to talk about um, a specific type of um, subconscious work that you do called stress, trans- transforming stress. Mm-hmm. Because on some level, you know, you can also change people's beliefs in their subconscious. But there's another thing where, which I think is so powerful. And that's the first thing that I ever did with you was just making a situation that used to stress you out kind of neutral again. Is that, yeah. is that how you'd say it? Yeah. And something that you really taught me is that everything is neutral until you ascribe meaning to it. And so, you know, it's weird because things that bother you almost stop coming to you when you don't feel so charged by them. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think what's so powerful about that is that everyone is so stressed out at the moment and we think it's yeah. life. And obviously it is as well. Like it's and both. Right. Of but course. also it's like you can create such a less of a stress response in your system mm-hmm. when you realize that what you're being stressed by is not um, object. It's not like a set stressor, like someone else might not be stressed about something that you're stressed about, you know, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's such a, and I'd love you to talk about the stress response a bit, because I do think that in order to help us be more resilient, this is such a tool that just helps a lot of people. Yeah, um, that's a great topic to talk about, especially because understanding how our system perceives stress. So you have to understand that you have two hemispheres, left hemisphere and right hemisphere. And usually when we are triggered by something or stressed by something, 
it means that there is an imbalance in one hemisphere. So either the right side is activated more, the left side is activated. Of the brain. Of the brain. And when that happens, we're not able to see the situation clearly. And what I mean by clearly is just seeing it for what it is without an identification of, oh, it means this or this person did that. So it has to mean that. Um, And so what happens is that when you're able to bring down that stress, you're able to see more clearly right? But not only see more clearly, but really remove the identity or the story around the way you were looking at something. Because when you change that, you know, the situation changes. And not only does the situation change, but you seem to attract less of it, right? So think about it. When you're super charged or triggered by something, it might continue to happen again and again and again. And you're like, why does this keep happening? Why am I so triggered by the same thing? It could be my kids or it could be my boss or, you know, the bills that keep coming in. And it's not to say that that's invalid. Absolutely. It's valid because you're feeling it, but does it have to run the show? Is this the best way that you can look at the situation? Because it's not going to go away. These things are going to pretty much exist still, but what can you do in your power to reclaim the, not only your energy, but your perception. Um, And so by, changing the way that you look at something we spoke about this earlier ultimately you're changing the way that your body is responding to it you're changing the way that you're perceiving and observing the situation and we know with quantum physics when you change the way you're observing something the reality of it changes so you might find that okay you're able to now manage your kids differently or they're not bothering you as much or maybe their behaviors aren't as annoying um, or stressful to you because you're no longer looking at life through that lens. And -hmm. I think that's the most important thing that we as a society and as a collective need to start looking towards is let's stop looking at all the things we need to tell other people to change. And what can I change? How can I look at the situation differently? And the easiest way to do that is, okay, if I'm feeling, let's say a level eight stress, what would be a level seven stress? What would have to change within me to see the situation just a little bit differently? I love that. And sometimes that might be being grateful for the situation and what it gives you. Sometimes it might be just looking at the bigger picture. Sometimes it might be looking at understanding that this is just an experience right now that feels intense to you. Um, But slowly but surely, you're able to kind of dismantle that, especially if through those triggers, you become aware and then change it in those moments so that it's less and less charged because essentially what you're doing is becoming aware of the subconscious and then creating action to undo that programming. So especially if you don't have that connection or that support subconsciously with someone, um, you can do that day to day. Mm. And therefore your triggers actually point you to the direction of what is, you know, something to, to look at. Yeah. What I think is so cool, and I'll tell the story of when you first did one on me, was a stress transformation. And when I transformed something that was stressing me out or something that was annoying me, it's so crazy because your conscious mind almost doesn't need to be involved. Yeah. And when this recurring situation kept on happening to me, we did this work, it stopped happening completely. And then literally two years later, it recurred once and like a hundred times stronger in a stronger way. The trigger was like a hundred times stronger than it was ever before. Mm -hmm. But it was weird because my mind almost wanted me to get stressed about it, my conscious mind, but I actually couldn't get (laughs) my body to like get on board with feeling that stressed about it. And so what's so cool is that it allows you to feel calm and meet the situation for where it is. And then you know your plan of action. You know how to meet it differently you come up with the solution because you're not Mm -hmm. in fight or flight but it was it's so weird how it can work where you're like no you should be stressed by this yeah you know Mm -hmm. but you just physically can't be yeah it's like before you were fully in this movie you were like this is my reality this is what's happening and then after you transform that stress you look at it and you're like huh I'm watching this movie but it's not me I don't need to like jump into that character mode and and engage with this And I think that it's so important as well, because if you are on this path of, you know, doing the work and, you know, you are looking to become the best version of yourself, become the calmest version of yourself, the most empowered version, whatever that is, 
I, it is my hope for everyone to stop wasting their time being triggered by the same things over and over again, because I genuinely feel like it is such a waste of time because Mm. think about all the other things that you've created and that you've used your mental capacity for, because that thing is no longer triggering you. Yeah. Like think about it just on a very like basic level, like think about how that could continue to have sabotaged your thoughts or your actions or, you know, the way that you engage with people. So, you know, it's really important when you're identifying, okay, what are the most triggering things in my life? What are the things that are really like, just, oh, they irk me so much. And I just Mm. can't stop the wheel from turning again and again and again. That's when subconscious work is so important because it stops, it stops it in its track right? It stops you from being able to identify with it or observe it or just see it from that situation. Um, And yes, you can consciously start to dismantle these triggers and identities. But as you said, you know, doing like a what five minute process is something that was like triggering you probably for hours, Mm -hmm. or, you know, months or years or whatever it was, and just being able to just like, literally just flick it away. Like it's like a fly that's just irritating, like, uh, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) It was absolutely wild. It was absolutely wild about how, um, you know, and it was kind of cool because I went in with like zero expectations, you know, when you first put it on me all those years ago. And just to see that you don't even need to mm, like fully invest or like have a full giant expectation of it, but you just need to not not believe almost. Mm -hmm. I actually don't know how you feel about that, but it's almost like what you were saying before about you have to, you still can only work and access the limits of people's own framework on how they see life, right? So if someone doesn't believe in, yeah. um, you know, things being easy, then they it can't be made easy for them or whatever, just as a simple example. But, yeah. you know, when you go in with such a light, like I said about you, like you have such a gentle curiosity, like, I think it just leaves space for, you know, magic with a capital m to kind of work on work on your behalf and so actually that's where clearing all the blocks actually you don't even have to know what you want to create or you don't even have to have this grand vision you just have to get rid of the stresses stop being triggered by this because it frees up so much energy for stuff to come in when you go in lighter yourself absolutely and you know dismantling the triggers is always kind of my number one you know Mm. entry point to working with people. So, you know, yes, they might have patterns that have created blockages in their life where they're not able to manifest the things that they want or whatever it is. It's like the first step is always just letting go of the way that you're thinking about it, because that's almost like the first layer. It's the first armor, you know, of, of your identity. It's like, well, this is the only way I know how to look at it. So instead of like figuring out and going through this discovery process, okay, was it this related to your mom or, you know, is the subconscious have a message that wants to tell us about what it's related to? Like all of that is kind of irrelevant uh, until you manage the stress because the stress is not going to allow you to merge your hemispheres and create an openness and curiosity. You know, you mentioned curiosity when we are in a curious state, both of our hemispheres are merged and they're working. So that creates a Mm. whole brain state. Right. So imagine like when you're not whole brain, you're half brain, right? You're only processing (laughs) through one side, but that's a majority of us. You know, anytime Mm -hmm. we're triggered, just remember, okay, let's see it. One part of my brain is not on. It's not functioning. It's not working. It's not giving me perspective. And so dismantling the the triggers and the stress is, is always the first um, line of defense, I would say to, to create the transformation. Yeah. And that's also cool because it's like you don't necessarily have to dig to at the beginning, like, okay, it was caused by your mother or whatever. Like, there's so many things you can do before you even get to the root that are already going to change it without you necessarily knowing the cause. Um, And I I will say to, sorry, John, really quick. Go ahead. To that point as well, like when you are in that stress state, there are so many things that are creating that stress that are subconsciously driven. So when you're releasing that stress, it also takes out a lot of things that maybe we wouldn't have figured out conscious awareness of because it's like in your body, it's in your system, you're feeling activated by it. So Mm. even simply changing that also clears a lot of beliefs, a lot of perceptions, a lot of childhood stuff that you might not even know because now, you know, 
what anytime we're able to change something, we've cleared it subconsciously. So that means we've cleared everything associated with that, whether that's childhood or ancestral or whatever. So yeah, clearing stress is a huge, um, a huge game changer on, on many levels. It's so true. Cause it's like, it pulls at the associated threads that are like next to it in your brain. So anything yeah. that's kind of tied in your own subconscious starts to unwind too, which is so amazing. Yes. Um, and so you don't have to, I think this is also an important message is you don't have to know all of your trauma, all of your subconscious, all of your anything to get better, to heal, to change, to, and I think sometimes with spiritual ego, we just want to know everything, you know, we mm-hmm. want to get to the bottom because we think that that's how we're going to change. Yeah. But this is a much more soft a much more effective um, mm-hmm. way of going about it, actually. Yeah, 100%. And I don't think, you know, even in the tools that I've learned, I've never been taught to get to the root of everything. Sometimes, you know, your higher self has a message that needs to just be downloaded into your system. And so do I know what your higher self is saying? Do you know what your higher self is saying? No, but it's creating that opening of transformation. And so once again, what is the easiest route to get to the destination? We don't have to stop at every gas station and figure out like, you know, what's happening and why. And, you know, that's very tiring. And yeah, I I don't have time for that. Personally, (laughs) I don't think you have time for that either. So our two lines won't allow it. (laughs) (laughs) we always joke us two Jenna's we're like we both have a two in our profile and we're like "Mm -mm, no we're like way too impatient yeah (laughs) especially when my mom my mom's like a huge you know spiritual like searcher and she's always sending stuff in our group and you know it's always the one lines that are like reading it and watching the videos and me and Jenna are like oh yeah I think it feels good yeah I'll look at it yeah maybe maybe not It's so funny when you realize like how literal this stuff is sometimes. Um, so you know that you say how our subconscious is affected until we're seven. Yes. Um, I think we can also undo conditioning that's coming at us from, I mean, listen, if something happened to you in your teenage years that was really impactful or in your adulthood or whatever, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you, didn't you tie someone's like money stuff back to the song more money more problems or something yes, they yes, had like cost, yeah. obviously the age of seven <laughs> yes. it's and that's what I think is yes. so cool about it is like you never it's not necessarily from something traumatic you just can pick stuff up it's yeah. almost like energetic hygiene Absolutely. throughout your whole life yeah and that's funny that you mentioned that because you know the way I approach subconscious work like yes we you know work on childhood but we also work on things that um our subconscious is very susceptible to hypnotism and what I call hypnotic suggestions. Um, And so, yeah, like the more money, more problems, like that frequency of music was attributing to their identity of what money was connected to. So understanding as well that it's not just what you're absorbing in childhood, but like, what is the frequency of music you're listening to? What are the shows that you watch? Um, You know, all of that conditions us in so many different ways and you know you can go down a whole rabbit hole on how we're being conditioned as a society through our food through the air through music through television programming I mean why do you think they call it a television program because it's literally telling you a vision and programming you mm-hmm. as simple as that so yeah um you know just understanding and, and I think for your own you know energetic hygiene just making sure that you're aligned with the things that you're listening to and that you're absorbing and that you're putting into your body, into your energy field, into your mind, because this all creates an understanding of reality. And so Mm -hmm. even if you think it's like, oh, well, this thing is in the background, that's really where your subconscious is is picking up a lot of the stuff. Because if your conscious mind is like, let's say cleaning or doing something, but then you have all this like negative frequency music or, you know, negative lyrics like these things can really um program you and then come up at a later stage where it's like oh I didn't realize that that was part of perpetuating my situation yeah and that's what's so funny is like we've all heard that song (laughs) and you just you just can't tell who it's gonna affect more than someone else so yeah nowadays it's so important to to kind of consciously curate and you only have to see a scary show at night and have bad dreams about it that night to know that this does happen yeah absolutely and or even you know it was funny. I was watching um, a show recently with my boyfriend and there was like a lot of violence. And then literally I heard like a 
a bang and it was some construction bang and I felt my body viscerally <laughs> respond and I'm like I'm not in this show this is not <laughs> like we're not in this you know we're not like spies like what's happening mm-hmm. um but it's just interesting how those subtle things so yeah just being very um careful to curate you know what you're absorbing and and you know opening yourself up to because that all goes directly into the subconscious whether or not you're aware of it mm-hmm yeah and that's really so powerful is when you realize it's the thing that's steering the ship you treat it so much more um reverently and responsibly yeah um because you don't have direct conscious control of what's in there um but at least at this point in your life you can say okay i don't necessarily want to be exposing myself to this this and this Mm -hmm. and then you know if you're resonating with with the subjects that we're talking about you know you can start to do um you know, opt into some of your upgrades. And what's cool is you you do them in themes as well. So sometimes yeah. they'll be like just a wealth upgrade or just yes. a health upgrade. Or um you've had you've done one before called Make It Manifest. Is that right? I mean you yeah. do all sorts of things. All sorts of things. Yeah. And, it, and you know it's really what I feel called to do. You know, I used to have like quote unquote business plans of like, okay, this month I'm going to do this and this, and then it never works because I really believe that, you know, there's a bigger consciousness that's guiding this and there needs to be an ask. And so it's kind of tapping into, you know, what feels right at the time. There have been periods where I hadn't done an upgrade for six months. And then, you know, six months after that, I did 10 upgrades. So it's really just following the energy so that it's not only optimal um, for me, but optimal for everyone else, because um, that's really what is co-creating this yeah creation yeah well the the most powerful people I know and the most you know aligned shiny people are people who do essentially what you're talking about which is getting your ego out of the way and also Mm -hmm. getting your thoughts about how it should be done out of the way and just focusing on serving people you know yeah and ultimately that is what what helps um you know raise everybody the most is because you're you're not wanting to violate what could disservice them in order to service yourself, you know, and that's mm-hmm. such a beautiful way to, you know, just do business in a different, in this paradigm that we're in now and and to create any success for yourself is that you're never thinking, how do I make myself success? You're just like, I'm following what I feel tapped into and and there's a flow, even though there's also your intention and, and there's both. Yes, um, absolutely. And I think because the nature of my business is very energetic, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's not like I'm selling a physical product. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. I'm selling brooms and I'm like, okay, well, we can go to an agency and figure out how to like sell these brooms. It's like, mm-hmm. there's a lot more of my own soul. Not that you there's no soul in selling brooms, but I'm saying like, mm-hmm. it's not the same calling as to mm-hmm. what I'm being called to now. And so, yeah. you know, not selling yourself short as well. Like if there is something that's calling you, like there's a reason for it. And, you know, when I started my upgrades, there was like five, 10 people in it. And as time has gone on, it's grown uh, tremendously. And so, you know, you just never know. And if it's calling you, it's calling other people. That's what I absolutely. I I think there's no, there's no, there's no niche that isn't huge at the moment, you know, like everybody thinks that, you know, bird watching is super random. Who's going to be interested in that? Like, I mean, you thought the same thing, had that same thought cross your mind. I had the same thing cross my mind, but if there's, there's a reason that you're passionate for it, you kind of have to uh, kind of have to follow it. And trust me, honey, if you were selling brooms, you'd also be just putting a call out to all the fellow witches and I know. that would work out too. <laughs> it's not Can a you imagine. <laughs> oh my God. We'd all be flying. You'd be making them flying brooms, I swear. <laughs> hey, I mean, I do want to learn how to levitate in this lifetime. So, you know. There you go. You never know. You never know. I would not put a pause to you whatsoever. And then I mean, if you it's, do, it's, please teach me. <laughs> I know, but I mean, like it, it's been done before. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like I'd be the first person. It's just not a at all. way to figure out how to like get your energy in the right constitution and mm-hmm. you're off quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> and that's also what's cool about you. And I think that is like, you know, it's, so, I mean, we all should be thinking without limits, but it's very MG of you to lead the charge of like, okay, yeah, science has said this, but that's only what it's set up to so far. Like gravity is only, it's not always a thing. It's not always fixed. It's not, and of course you're always working within like universal truths and those don't, you know, change. But there's nothing that you accept as a limitation on what you feel called to as a soul. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's so inspiring. And I think um, 
no matter how much you know this, it's so helpful to have people in your life who feel the same way so that when you falter, you know, they're the ones that have faith and vice versa. And, you know, that's why we're so blessed. And yes. honestly, like find your spiritual running buddies in whatever shape or form they come in and God hold on to them for dear life because we all need the hand holding, and that's all we're really doing. You know, you're mm -hmm. you're you're holding one piece of moving us forward, and someone else is doing floristry in a different way and doing, you know, bringing innovation to that industry. And yeah, and that's what's so great about you saying it's not about you. It's it's you know you're just facilitating because you happen to have, you know, knowledge and tools in a place that other people we don't. So yeah, absolutely. I'm just so grateful to yeah. you, Jens. Oh, I'm really grateful for you, Jens. Can you tell um, people if they do want to do one-on-one -on -one work or upgrade work and like, how do they, if you do, you know, could do 10 in, in a week, like, <laughs> how do we find out? Yeah. So the best way is to go to my website, which is beyondthebelief.com, or you can find me on Instagram and the link in my bio has all the offerings. Um, so you can either apply to work with me one-on-one -on -one, or you can send me a DM if you're unsure. I also have reprogramming audios and then my upgrade waitlist is probably the best way to be notified of when I offer upgrades. And I always love to hear from the community. So if you have any ideas after listening to this of what's inspired you and, you know, what you're going through and what could be helpful, you know, I'm always open to that because I really bounce off the energy mm. of, of others and what others are wanting. So, Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love Jenna. you. I Thank love you guys you so much. I hope you loved this episode. I hope it served you so well. I'm just so grateful to even be able to share, um, you know, the way that Jenna explains everything and makes everything so clear and your words just really land. So I really hope that you loved it too. Thank you, Jenna. And thank you everyone listening. And I hope you have an amazing year ahead. <laughs>